0: Hi, you're listening to Go See a Show, New York City's independent theater podcast. You've likely heard the phrase thoughts and prayers far too many times. But with their new show of the same name, director-slash-creator Lauren Lubney and composer-slash-performer Thomas Giles are trying to use dance and theater to do more than just offer thoughts and prayers. I spoke with both of them after a recent performance. Take a listen. Uh, I'd love to start with everyone's name on the mics. Let me know who you are and what you did on thoughts and prayers.
1: Uh, I'm Thomas Giles. I'm a saxophonist and a composer, and I play the role of Felix.
2: I'm Lauren Lebney and I'm the director, creator. Uh, Thomas and I have been working on this project together for the past two years.
0: And with a name like Thoughts and Prayers, I think uh, folks w- who've been awake in America for the past couple years have an idea of, you know, the, the sort of themes that we're going to be dealing with, but uh, they might not know that this is a dance theater piece, which is um, maybe not, uh, it's not—it's definitely not what we usually cover on Go See a Show, but when I saw the thematic content, I said, I want to see this. So um, talk to me about why you wanted to make this piece, and I think maybe that's Pretty obvious. Uh, This is very much uh, material that's and and ideas that are in social consciousness right now, and we should be wrestling with, especially in the theater. But for you two, uh, talk to me about why you and your company made this thing.
1: So I think we both have very personal reasons for for why we made the show. Um, For me, you know, as as an artist in the city and as an American at this time, um, you know, I think it can be so overwhelming. Uh, to experience all that the, the media has to, to throw at us these days, and um, I think it's it's very easy to become numb to it, um, and not know how to take action, and not know how to uh, even be present in the moment in each day that we walk through through, through our lives. Um, and so this, creating this piece came, for me, as, as, a, as a point of um, really wanting to, to do something or at least wanting to be involved with, with other people um, and, and start conversations and, and um, invite organizations to be a part of our, our piece. Um, a large part of this piece is having people in for talkbacks um, and giving audience members at an individual level the ability to go out and, and uh, find a cause that resonates with them and, and take action. Um, so I mean th- there's a million other reasons uh, you know musically and artistically um, you know I'm, I'm moving in this piece I'm acting in this piece this is not something I've, I've I've worked with dancers before so I guess I have done some movement but I certainly haven't acted um, since my youth. <laughs> so uh, to take on a role like this composing all of the chamber music um, and playing saxophone and moving and, and speaking, you know, it, it's uh, really fulfilling um, and a huge challenge, and I've, I've just learned so much from it. So that's that's been a big perk of it as well.
0: And how about for you?
2: Uh, so Thomas and I were working on a different piece, um, and I was training him in this movement duet uh, for about nine months, I guess it was. Uh, We were working on a one-act for saxophone and orator, and it was just the two of us. And while working on that, living in the United States, many things were happening around us. And we had a meeting when we were thinking about expanding the work. We had a meeting where we just decided that we needed to abandon that project because so much was happening that we needed to address in our work. The question of why it's a dance theater piece is interesting. Um, I've been working for the past five years developing techniques to work with musicians and composers and dancers and actors and figuring out ways to really seamlessly join them on the stage while challenging the crap out of all of them (laughs) to be the very best they are at their own craft, but then also to take on these various other skill sets so that they could all be full characters in this strange dance theater music world that we've built Um, in a lot of ways the title evokes this idea of taking some sort of having some sort of reaction to a catastrophe but for Thomas and I was really important to not only have a reaction but take action um, past that point so that's why that's why we made it. Yeah, not just Thoughts and Prayers, despite <laughs> right. the title.
0: Right, um, The usual first question that I ask, and I'm glad we went that way first, is um, wh- what is the piece? When you describe to somebody, come see my work, I'm at Tada, check this out, what do you tell them they're coming to see? Like, what's the elevator pitch version of what Thoughts and Prayers is?
2: So, Thoughts and Prayers is a dance theater concerto. In five acts exploring the cyclical climate of catastrophe that we live in the United States it's really it goes past the idea of just one art form on stage but then it also goes past the concept of just one type of catastrophe there are five different types of catastrophes in the show and for us it's really challenging, actually, to describe the piece because it's not something that we've actually ever seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that we kind of throw around many different phrases to describe it. Maybe you can help us describe it, actually. I know Thomas and I talk about it being sort of an opera because, in some ways, I wrote a libretto and he composed music mm-hmm. for it, this back and forth process, but that was more our process than maybe what the audience is experiencing. Mm-hmm. So. That's the elevator pitch, the very rehearsed section I gave you. But I'm really excited for people to come and see the show and tell us what they think it is. Because it's visual art, it's dance, it's music, it's storytelling, it's romance, it's disaster and catharsis. I want to get
0: back to something that you mentioned like because I'm glad you started pushing this direction because watching it, I, it was something that came up for me. I've, uh, I'm have i also a director and like I do a lot of work, or I have done work with musicians before. And uh, I've been very blessed in my work to work with really skilled musicians who are not only skilled musically but willing to be game uh, as performers as well. But I also uh, have, have heard of and, and, and familiar with sometimes musicians are, can be resistant to like hey not only are you going to play this thing but you're also going to be a character and you're going to stand up and you're going to walk around and you have choreography and by the way you're also going to be lifting things on stage like you know like there's, <laughs> there's like things there's like all these sorts of things so talk to me about a little bit more about this process that you're working on because I'm, I'm fascinated by um, when uh, performers are uh, taken out of the silos that maybe they traditionally mm. were uh, raised in in their conservatory training
2: I would ask that maybe Thomas talk about him and I working yeah. together initially and then I can speak to the rest of the ensemble. yeah
1: sure sure yeah so, well I, I I'm sure I'll say something about that as, as well. For, for myself, I'm always interested in finding some some new way to stretch um, an ability, uh, whether it's on my instrument or off of it. Um, I, I think it all sort of, from a personal level relates back to how I play my instrument. So I'm always game to try things. And um, and since moving to New York, I've, I've been involved with uh, a couple other projects, um, but none so as extensive as working with Lauren. Um, and so I, I guess you really have to look for people that are in that mindset, you know, uh, there, there's definitely musicians that are into it and, uh, you know, you give them a challenge and it excites them, and others it shuts them down. And it's just a matter of finding the right, right people to do that. We've been very lucky to find, you know, several, several of our folks, um, you know, have got a Juilliard or other world-class conservatories. They're excellent, excellent orchestral musicians or, um, uh, you know, freelancers in the city. Um, but each of them has this little spark where they're they're very interested in doing something outside of just that. Talk to me about nurturing that spark. Because I, I hope I didn't make it sound like, you know,
0: musicians, man, they don't want to have to move. <laughs> it's more just like, that can be, that's terrifying. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and as a as a performer, uh, when I have performed, like when I've been asked to play my instrument on stage, because I, I can sort of play an instrument, um, that's hard. That's terrifying. Because, like, no, I thought you hired me as an actor. You want me to yeah. play the horn, too? Oh, shit. Like, yeah. you know, like that, there's a lot that goes into that. So just talk to me a little bit about... Um, like yeah, nurturing. You said they have this spark, and they're like, talk to me about nurturing that spark into a flame.
2: Yeah, so I, I've been spending the past five years figuring out how to do that, and I have. Reveal a, all your secrets on Ghost the Show right now. I have a rather unique process that keeps growing. Like even working over the course of this project, which was two years, it's it's grown and shifted. And the way that the ensemble is familiar with it is that there are levels to it and they get excited as they keep graduating the levels. But I think what it comes down to is a lot of the musicians we work with are really, really skilled at what they do, so skilled that they're not scared to improvise. And so if you're working with someone who's a virtuosic improviser, like Thomas, which is how a lot of the score actually got built, was me moving and Thomas improvising, which is Mm -hmm. so killer. But working within the set uh, set of research that I've been developing and figuring out ways to break down four years of acting and moving training into a couple weeks of process for musicians. Some of our folks have been with the project since um, May of 2018, but we've had on and off um, intensive periods and but some of them we have to teach them a role and then they have to do it in like two weeks (laughs) so it's a matter of like meeting them exactly where they're at and then figuring out just how far you can push them but it's also a matter of speaking the correct vocabulary um a vocabulary that is sort of universal in ways but also one that i really listen to the musicians and i like to know what they think better words for things are um so it's kind of a creative application of a, a theater or or movement training and figuring out ways that musicians can use words that they're familiar with so that it doesn't feel like completely foreign has been how we nurtured the spark, I would say.
0: And you mentioned the, uh, the activist role of this particular um, piece, like the... Having people from various organizations coming in to speak with the audience after the show, just can you talk to me a little bit about that? Like what that means for you, and uh, maybe what you hope happens with that.
1: Yeah, well, like I was saying before, I think, I think you know, getting the rock rolling down the hill is really the hardest part. A lot of times, um, I think generally most people are good people and they want to help, but they don't always know how or they're busy and they they you know <laughs> a uh, a packet is sometimes necessary and helpful for, for <laughs> anyone that wants to do anything via you know change the world or build IKEA furniture. So um, we have the privilege of, of spending an hour with these folks that come in off the street and um, we want them to leave with more than just our product. Um, we want them to leave with the idea that they themselves can, can do something. Um, and I think every person is different so uh, I mean in, in what they, believe in what they want to achieve and what they want to help with. So um, we've contacted uh, over 200 organizations, something like that, um, looking for, for panelists and people to come in uh, that are really on fire about what they're doing. And, and we hope to connect individuals um, to them. You know?
2: a, a big thing for us when we were at the coffee shop in November 2017 <laughs> was that we wanted to work on something that not only mattered but something that we had permission to speak on. Mm-hmm. And this idea of feeling helpless and feeling like you talk yourself into a circle or you're just completely unsure of what that next step is to actually do something, was something that we felt like we definitely had authority on because that's how we feel and that's how our peer group has has felt around us. So figuring out how to not be prescriptive in the building of the piece and the way that it concludes, but be more inspiring in starting that conversation because Thomas and I don't know the answer to the question. We just know that people need to start talking after this piece, um, right in our auditorium, talking and listening about that next step. Uh, because they know more than we do, so that's why we invited them.
0: <laughs> well, come and join the conversation. The show is thoughts and prayers. We are at Tada uh, on uh, West Twenty Eighth Street in Manhattan. Uh, the show runs through when? The twenty ninth of September. And tickets and more information can be found
2: at Surreality dot org. That's D A N S E t-h-e-a-t-r-e-s-u-r-r-e-a ty.org
0: I bet you didn't know you were going to get like a spelling lesson or a well, <laughs> spelling quiz when you come
2: do this <laughs> the company is half in Paris half in the United States oh, so we have to have a bilingual name and I, well, and
0: I always have to ask how do you spell theater but I've never had to ask how do <laughs> you spell dance so I'm going to have to add oh, this now so uh, this is great thank you both so you much for doing this
2: also yeah. search thoughts and prayers on brown paper tickets mm-hmm.
0: thank you both and uh, keep Thanks bringing so the thank you Thank you, Lauren and Thomas, for hanging out after the show to chat. You can catch Thoughts and Prayers at Tada Theater, 15 West 28th Street in Manhattan, through Sunday, September 29th, 2019. Head to Dance Theater Surreality.org, and again, that's dance with an S E and theater with an R E for a link to tickets and more information. Thanks to you for listening into the podcast. If you dig it, please like it on Facebook, facebook.com slash go see a show. Follow at go see a show on Twitter and rate and or comment on the show's Apple Podcasts page. My name is Robert A.K. Gaino. You can find me on the internet at robertgaino, G-O-N-Y-O dot com. Until next time, go see a show. Brilliant. All right. (laughs) Excellent. Thank you, guys. I wonder if they're
2: still talking.